the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You see, when a person's baptized, they come face to face with who Jesus is. They come to understand that on that cross, the Savior of the world died for them and that somehow they were in Him. That what they are and what they struggle with was dealt with by Christ. And He psychologically, experientially, and emotionally, and spiritually went to the hell they deserved for them. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with his message today entitled, The Freedom of the Gospel of God. We'll bring you the first portion of it here today. Here's Pastor Mike. Robert Browning once wrote this, So free we seem, so fettered fast we are. Abraham Lincoln had this profound thought concerning those who are unworthy of freedom. Those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves. You know, this morning I proclaim to you, based on the authority of the Word of God, that we worship a God who is free. Now think about that. We worship a God who is free. He is worthy of freedom. His principles and His law are about freedom. Our God is free. And guess what? In our lives, He values freedom. He wants us to be free. And the only thing He is bound to is the good within Him. Sure, He's bound by something, His own moral nature. The good that is within Him, He's bound by it. And that is what makes Him free, His moral goodness. Friend, freedom is not the absence of chains that bind. Freedom is the ability to break the chains at any time when they should be imposed upon you. Freedom is that which comes from within and moves out. It's not that which is around you. Freedom is not the state of your mind. You know, we hear today and so many people saying, well, you know, if you're positive enough and you're thinking you're free, that is not true. Freedom of thought is not necessarily the freedom the Bible's talking about. Freedom is the state of one's heart. When Christ has set us free to break the chains of the mind that bind. The freedom of the gospel of God, friend, is not the tart, bitter syrup of the world that is stuck on itself. But it is the sweet honey of the cross that fills the life with the delightful taste of God's love. I want God's love through the Spirit flowing into my life. Do you want that in your life? I could care less about religious show. I could care less about impressing someone here or there. What I want when I come to church and when I am working for God is I want to feel the love of God. I want to give the love of God. I want to be in the love of God. The freedom of God. In Galatians 5.1, Paul proclaims in behalf of the gospel of God that Jesus Christ sets us free. Isn't that huge? Galatians 5.1, look what it says. For freedom, how does it read? Christ, does it say He will set us free? It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. 
One of my favorite statements in the spirit of prophecy comes from a manuscript written in 1890, and you can write this one down. It's a manuscript release number 12, number 999, page 399. The emancipation papers of our race were signed by the blood of the Son of God. And a way was opened for a message of hope and mercy to be carried to the ends of the earth. Now, whoever may reach forth and take hold of God's hand and make peace with him, they shall make peace. The heathen are no longer wrapped in midnight superstition. The gloom is to disappear before the bright beams of the sun of righteousness. The power of hell has been overcome. Friend, now think about that. The emancipation papers of our race were signed by the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. I I get excited when I think of what the cross has accomplished. You know, it can accomplish great things in our lives, but it has accomplished that which we need the most. It has loosed us from our sins and has set us free. Because the gospel of the cross, the gospel of Christ, is about freedom in the heart and for people who are chained. Most Christians today, they're baptized and they do not know that their baptism is the ultimate proof that Jesus Christ has set them free. You know, it's not some initiation ceremony that gets you in the church. I had someone recently come up to me and say, Pastor Mike, I want to be baptized, but they don't attend church. You know, I believe if you're baptized, you're baptized in the body of Christ, aren't you? And you're baptized into Christ. You need to show up to be baptized. So we don't jump to baptize people. We want people baptized who will grow up and obey and live for the Lord. And we want to disciple in that way. When a person is born of the Spirit, they will seek the things of God. They will go after it. They'll be in hot pursuit of it. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans 6.1. But before we look at it, because this section will talk about baptism in the book of Romans, notice the context of Romans 5 that immediately precedes Romans 6.1. The Bible says, law came in, in Romans 5.20. Law came in. And how does the text read? To increase the trespass. You say, Pastor Mike, why would the law come in to increase the trespass? Because we don't realize how bad we are. We don't realize what sin really does. We are somehow bent on this idea that we're basically good people and we just learn a little more. We have the love of God maybe in our heads or we get a good philosophy and we'll get better. And we don't realize that sin is a principle that has to be revealed in the life for us to have a sense of God's grace to reach out to him. So Paul says the law came in to increase the trespass. And then he goes to another direction. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, as sin seemed to rule the world, the fact is that grace found a way to overcome the abundance of sin in the world. Paul states in Romans 3.20 that through the law came a what? What? A knowledge of sin. Now some people say, Pastor Mike, the law needs to get out of my life. I don't want to have the law in my life because if I have the law in my life, I'm a legalist. I want the law out of my life. Well, if you don't have the law in some way in your life, you don't know you need a Savior in your life. You'll be totally bereft of your need of Jesus. The law shows us that we are sinners. The knowledge of the law at Sinai was given to increase the trespass so that sin would really look like it is sinful. Friend, God is not in the business of softening what sin is to save you. God is in the business of saving you from the power of sin. 
He's in the business of saving you from that awful stuff that sin is so that you will not be connected to it in your life and you'll be loosed from it in the judgment day. It'll have nothing to do with your psycho-personal identity. It'll be totally separated for you. And if sin does not reign over you, you are in the truest sense free from its power in your life. Now, how many of you want to be free from the power of sin? I mean, really do. Want to put it behind you. Say, well, you know what? I am no longer in the control of sin. Of course we do. The Bible says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. In Romans 5.20, Paul says that sin reigned in death. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.56 that the power of sin to keep you in the grave is nothing less than the moral law of God. He says the power of sin is the law. Now what do you mean? The Ten Commandment moral law of God that is holy, just, and good in Romans 7.12 is the same moral law that is the power of sin in 1 Corinthians 15, 56 that keeps the sinner in the grave. Why? Because Romans 6, 23 is always true because God cannot change His moral law as the standard of righteousness, as the principle of the charter of the universe. He cannot alter it and He cannot even change it as a standard in the judgment day. And so the law speaks as the law for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the law stands as that which is the standard. And as such, it says we deserve to die. It cannot provide for us life in and of itself. So what does it take? It takes Jesus Christ to set the sinner free. Do you hear me? It takes the Son of God to save us. Now, I believe in the law of God. I've preached a sermon like this and some people have walked out of the church. Pastor Mike doesn't believe in the law of God. I believe in the law of God. You hear me? I believe in the law of God. But I believe that that law cannot move my heart to love God. I can't look to the law and somehow find myself loving God more. That beyond the law, there must be something that brings a righteousness that creates a clean heart in me. Or I cannot approach God in rightful ways and even keep the law. And this freedom that we seek, you see, fettered fast we are. This freedom that we seek cannot be found in the law. It takes Christ to overcome the power of sin in your life. The power of sin that is the law itself because the law enforces the effects of sin. And it takes Christ to keep the sinner free from the power of the grave. You see, friend, it is illegal and is wrong to let sin go on. And the law will not do that because the law is holy, just, and good. The power of condemnation is a fierce force in the life. But the power of the mercy of God in Jesus Christ deals with the death blow to condemnation. Because God has found a way to be fully righteous, to justify the sinner, to not set aside His law, And to be righteous in how He administers grace to forgive you as a sinner so you can grow in grace and be saved in God's kingdom. God has found a way. For sin reigned from Adam to Christ, the text says, and the law made it worse. Why? Because the power of sin is the law. But when Jesus came, grace abounded much more than death because of law and sin. And the power of Christ and grace defeated the power of death. Romans 6.1, now we have the context for baptism. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Verse 3. 
Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his, what does it say? You see, baptism represents more than say, well, I want to join the church. Some people say, well, you know, I now feel like I want to be spiritual, so I want to be baptized. None of those are good enough reasons to be baptized. In fact, we should utterly reject the baptism based on those reasons. You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again. You see, when a person's baptized, they come face to face with who Jesus is. They come to understand that on that cross, the Savior of the world died for them and that somehow they were in Him. That what they are and what they struggle with was dealt with by Christ. And He psychologically, experientially, and emotionally, and spiritually went to the hell they deserved for them. And when it touches the heart and the life and they realize how meaningful that is, that Christ is my Savior, then they fall down. They don't stand up. They fall down. They say, woe is me. I am lost. And then they hear the voice of God saying, you are found. And the grace of God reaches out to that heart and it transforms it. And it's moved to love God for righteous reasons. What shall we say then, Paul says? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? You see, the gospel is not some license to sin. The gospel is the way we find God so we can overcome sin. He says, by no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You know, just as we were connected to Adam in the past... That moral connection to Adam glued us to the condemnation that Adam deserved. It doesn't matter if you were born a good person, sort of a good person, or a real bad person. The bottom line is you were headed toward the second death at the end of the millennium because of your connection to Adam. And some people say, well, that's not fair, Pastor Mike. How could you say that? Well, of course it's not fair, but it's nonetheless the case. I mean, the option could have been that you were never born. Right? God could have destroyed Adam right there and then you wouldn't have had the option to experience this unfairness that I'm talking about. But here is what God has done with it. The choice of Adam that has affected us all, he has overridden it by the choice he has made to establish Christ as the second Adam. You look in Daniel chapter 7 and the great judgment day scene in Daniel 7. You see that Christ is pictured there as a new Adam because they're wild beasts representing world empires. The sea is being blown upon by a great mighty wind. And these nations appear in succession and no one can get dominion over the wild beasts that are the animals of the earth, the kingdoms of the earth. And then one appears like a son of man. And he comes to the Ancient of Days in that pre-Advent investigative judgment that occurred in the year 1844. And as he comes into the most holy place, the text says he's presented before him. And to him is given a kingdom, dominion, and glory that all nations and kindreds and tribes and tongues should serve him. You see, God gives the kingdom to the second Adam in the judgment day. And if we belong to Jesus, it says in Daniel 7, the time came when the saints received the kingdom. So God is not out to please us. God is out to reward his son for what he has done. And if we're in Jesus, we experience that reward. So at baptism, we are baptized into the death of Jesus. 
Now, I've noticed very often Christians are ashamed to talk about the cross of Christ in certain circles. They think somehow that that's not intelligent. Friend, the cross of Christ is the most important truth you can talk about in your life. You can't get more profound than the cross of Christ. And I'll tell you something else about the cross of Christ. It's the healing we need in our lives. God's grace seized by faith here as you are baptized into Christ's death does not overthrow the laws of moral standard, but it gives you the grace of God for a right now righteousness that's good enough for the judgment day and every other day of your life. Friend, grace overcomes the idea that we can earn our way to God. Have you ever felt like that? I can earn my way to God? Have you ever tried to serve God in the church so you could somehow feel like you're more religious and somehow God will save you? Sure you have. Most people have. So the grace of God really overcomes the idea that we can earn our way to God and earn our standing before God by works of law. The cross of Christ, friend, has defeated this idea so it can never be truth that saves. So in this sense, the gospel of God becomes the end of the law for righteousness. And the key phrase here is for righteousness. The English Standard Version of Romans 10.4 is a literal translation of the Greek. The Revised Standard Version is an awful translation. It's the one I use. So I'm going to use the ESV. It just nails the original Greek on the money. Now look what it says. For Christ is the... What does it say? End of the law. But now it doesn't have a period there. It doesn't say he's the end of the law and then that's it. It says he's the end of the law for something. He's the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. In other words, God has not determined that the moral law of God is the way you become righteous. The law of God, as good as it is, holy, just, and good, and not a piece of it can be changed. It is not what God uses to change your heart. It is not the means for righteousness. It will not acquit you in the judgment day. That is exactly how the Greek reads here. Friend, you cannot use that law to find your way and burrow your way into acceptance with God. In the gospel of God, motives matter. The heart motivation matters to God. And so the person who is set free must obey for good reasons, not bad ones. Because worship is all about the heart and the loyalty that it gives. God wants people to be changed because they have been motivated by the love and sacrifice of God in Christ. That is the motivation that he wants. In Romans 5.20, Paul says that the law caused sin to increase, to magnify the transgression, but grace abounds more when sin increases. If you ever had a time in your life, you go, Pastor Mike, you know, I was struggling real hard with this sin or that sin. And in fact, I had a rotten week and just seemed like my whole life was falling apart. And I felt like God forsook me. You ever felt that way? Have you? No. Sure you have. And then it gets worse when some religious person tells you, you know what, you should just pray more. Right? Or you need to pull your act together more or do this or that. You've been doing that and you had a rotten week that week. Or some life circumstance hit you between the eyes that was bigger than what you could handle. Friend, in those times when you fail, in those times when you can't pick yourself up, in those times when the things you plan go wrong, The grace of God is strong. 
The grace of God is that canopy that covers the life when it can't cover for itself. And we have Jesus as the proof that the grace of God rules supreme. It reigns. It abounds more so than sin. In Romans 6.1, Paul strongly focuses on the power of Christ to change the life that has been set free from the power of sin. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by no means? He goes on to say, Do you not know that all have been baptized in Christ were baptized into His death? And then he goes on in verse 4, We were buried with Him in baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life, a new life. Here Paul makes it clear, very clear, that our hope for a free future is directly linked to our connection to Jesus Christ. I mean, you can't renovate your life to find a pathway out of the woods. You cannot educate yourself out of the issues you face, but you can come to Jesus. Jesus, as Christ, died for our sins. Jesus, as Christ, died for what? My sins and your sins. Why? Because God cares more about you than the mistakes you have made. Christ took us into Him. He absorbed our lives into His body on the cross, and so He died for our sins. And because of our sins, and because He loves us, He did it. You see, the cross is first objective. It shows us what He did for us. It stands outside of us. The penalty of what we deserve was dealt with with Him and not with us at the cross. But it's also subjective in the sense that the revelation of the love of God comes to us by that act that was necessary because God could not set aside His moral law and save us. He deals with it at the cross. And by so doing, He reveals the love of God to us. Paul says we were baptized into His death. We were immersed into His death. And thus we are accepted in Christ because of that death. There are people today... You just don't realize it, that they need Jesus. But look at verse 4. It says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism in the death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Romans 3.21 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Friend, Jesus didn't fall short of the glory of God. And it's very clear here that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God. Now, in the context, the glory of God is the opposite of sin. You know, in the most holy place of the Hebrew tabernacle, there was the Ark of the Covenant. The two cherubims, the law of God was right there in the Ark of the Covenant. And as the Shekinah glory of God shone within the most holy place, in the darkness of the most holy place, it illumined the Ark of the Covenant. So the glory and the law were linked. On resurrection morning, friend, God reached into his own glory. He reached into the most holy place, into his own kindness, his own justice, his goodness and mercy. And without contradiction to his law, he raised Jesus Christ from the grave. By the glory of God, he was raised. And by the glory of God, we have a new life. You see, it was discovered on Sunday morning that a righteous man had lived and died for the sins of the world. Now, if you think about it kind of hard here, the wages of sin is death, is it not? So if Christ had been a sinner, would there have been a right to resurrect him? And the answer is utterly no. But it was discovered on Sunday morning that a righteous man had been executed. And the same law of God that requires the death of the sinner required the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
from the grave. By the glory of God, He was raised. Romans 5.2, Through Him, Jesus, we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. You see, God can be just and save you. Because if you are in Christ, you have your link to righteousness. You see, this idea that we can produce a righteousness of our own that's good enough for the time of trouble, that's good enough for the last days, is utter nonsense. We cannot do that. But we can link our lives to one who is righteous. And by our connection to Jesus, we can stand in the last day. And by our connection to Jesus, God can say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because if Christ is in you, and Christ the hope of glory, you will obey in God's way, in God's time. But God will not forsake you in the journey to get there. You hear what I'm saying? And so this business that you have to appease God, somehow to be accepted by God, is that which destroys the soul before it ever starts the journey with Jesus. Acceptance comes at the beginning of the journey by faith. You see, the key part in the journey is being in Christ. Nothing else is worth anything here. To be found in Christ without your own rags for righteousness. To be found by Christ as His for the future. And for every day today is what matters. You see, that's more than legal acquittal. That's more than God declaring you not guilty legally. That is a walk with Christ that is also experiential. And to never fall away from the righteous one, Christ, who died for you and who was raised for you for your continual acceptance and justification. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart, and Pastor Michael Oxentenko. That's Reaching Your yourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can donate right there on the website, reachingyourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. Thanks for listening. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.